1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves, blasting the shot. What a goal! Follies the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. So we're back, better late than never. Thought Harry did a really good job on the podcast last week, so a big round of applause to him. But we have made it officially back from Turin, so we'll go over a little bit about our European adventure. We're also talking about the home tie against Torino and also the disappointing loss to Everton away in the Premier League and the international break. Hey, we. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the 77 Club. Uh, Harry, we'll start with the socials first. Uh, the Wolves 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. And as usual, Spotify, SoundCloud, please, uh, iTunes as well. Please write and subscribe if you can. Tom Rice is here from the Old Gold. And Black. Hello. And Black, <laughs> yes. Everyone's welcome. Uh, what are your socials? Uh, the Old Gold and Black on YouTube. Please do subscribe because my numbers are waning considerably. <laughs> is that people unsubscribing uh, it's or just, a, just not getting enough growth? It's, have you ever seen Table Mountain? It's plateaued. Oh, okay, right. You're not in like a social media no, recession, no, no, are no, you? No, no, no. Right, okay, well, that's okay. And also, Dan Bayliss is here. Hello, Wolves fans. Uh, firstly, though, a big well done to Harry, who managed to do a podcast all by himself last week. And I don't think you took a breath, did you, Harry, for about 25 minutes? No, no, it was weird just talking to myself for 20 minutes in my front room, but <laughs> I think it went okay considering... <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, it's a good effort to get some stuff out there. All good. I mean, it seems right that we talk about Turin. And actually, Tom, I want to start with you because we obviously heard a little bit about Harry's week or what he could remember <laughs> of it from Italy. And you sort of came across us or we staggered ac- across you at half time. Uh, just your thoughts on, on, to begin with, Harry's eyes, how much they'd rolled out the back of his head, uh, but also on the game. Uh, well. well, you were clearly so far gone that we actually met at full time, not at a half time. <laughs> I knew there was a whistle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I met Harry as I entered the ground. Well, I think I'd, I'd spotted him in the the melee outside the the ground, but he was too ensconced with dazzling Dave uh, to, to bother with me. Uh, but yeah, um, you'd clearly had a lovely time, all of you, and that was that was fine. But I was with my family, and it was a bit more, uh, you know, relaxing evenings by the po and having a bit of food one glass of wine not a bottle and stuff like that it was a bit more chilled out for me um <laughs> torpedo no 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 very <laughs> very respectful i spent most of the time actually in Turin listening to test match special walking around the the town so i had a lovely time and i went to the ancient egyptian museum i did a lot of stuff that probably middle-aged men would do not not a 28 year old boy <laughs> Do you know what, Tom? I'll be quite honest. It sounds like Bayliss's wet dream. <laughs> so I think he probably wishes he'd gone with you. Uh, Bayliss, just for you, obviously, we were taking public transport and um, you miss- messed up the times and we lost by about five hours in the end. We it wasn't even close, it, was it? But it was enjoyable it was about- to go to one of the most expensive cities I think I've ever been, which was mm-hmm. Zurich. Yeah, Zurich was ridiculous. I don't think I'm ever going to go there again. Um, it was like, what did we order? We had like a kebab and chips that came to 18 quid. Mm. Um it was pretty ridiculous but it was good fun and yeah I, uh, I sort of backed on the timings that Harry and Seb would fall asleep at some point and need to sleep but it turns out that they are just absolute machines and don't <laughs> 
they but really we could are. tell that and when we arrived at about we suffered though midday ish we got to the bar and saw Harry and Harry couldn't talk so, <laughs> no no so. it, was, it was pretty much downhill from there wasn't it really but in terms of a, an atmosphere and it was a proper European feel I thought and the whole ground like Harry I think you mentioned last week with the, the weight to how even the seats were yeah. set into the um, into the stands themselves and um, it was a fantastic atmosphere and I've got to say to the Torino fans as well I thought they were they were loud but being in amongst those Wolves fans who were incredibly loud it was just fantastic wasn't it Harry uh, it really was yeah they were and there always are no the foreign like you know like the foreign fans in Europe and mm. and the Wolves fans like I said last week as soon as they scored we were and especially at the end at full time the Catrone song I remember that I'd sobered up oh. it by that point and that was just great like brilliant all the Wolves fans were loving it weren't they it was like a proper party atmosphere because it was the first proper mm. away Europe leg really wasn't it and obviously we got back and it was pretty much straight into it with Burnley and we were just sitting there going A, nothing's going to top that away day and then also the dross that followed uh, for that game was yeah something else but we got home in one piece I think that's the main thing also Fans Bet by the way uh, one of the sponsors along with ProjectHouse.com have put a fantastic edited down version of sort of the videos that we were sending as we were going so if you want to search for that on our social media it's about four or five minutes long it's just really really well done and it has that top gear uh, grand Torino feel that we were looking for so do look out for that on social media but we'll uh, look and concentrate now on that home leg um, Harry a, a strong team um, one that we, we sort of were expecting just to finish off the job and we did in the end yeah we did it was a bit nervy the first half hour I was a bit like oh god they had a few shots the lad sat next to me who was in Bayless's seat um, grabbed me leg at one point when they had a volley I thought he was making me really nervous but um, then we got the goal didn't nervous we? or horny <laughs> yeah but we got the goal uh, great boy Traore he was uh, flying at him when he was really threatening and great little cross in not the strongest cross in the world but Jimenez got there and poked it home and that did calm the nerves a bit until they equalised but then we scored straight away didn't we so it, we got the job done but there was some nervy moments in there for sure it was one of those time whereas I think on a different day and a, a team that were maybe a little bit more clinical it may have been squeaky bum time maybe but I think the the, the team and the, the staff have been so focused on definitely qualifying for the Europa League that I think we would have got the job done regardless of the opposition I think I think what I've heard from like the football ramble and other uh, neutral sort of uh, broadcasters have said how impressive we've been to get through this um, period of games and to have only lost one game in the Premier League I think it has to be I think it was probably a success if you judge the four teams that we've played against but coming up against the seventh best team in Italy and doing them pretty comfortably I know that there was a little bit of a scare at one point but I didn't see them managing to score two or win by two clear goals at Molineux I didn't think that was ever going to happen Let's run over that team very quickly with Patricia in goal uh, Vallejo, Cody, Bolly, Adama Dendonka, Saiz, Martinho, Johnny Jimenez and Jota so another rest for Ruben Neves Harry but I thought Saiz did okay yeah, he was. Sace was good. Um, I think he's been good the last few games, to be honest. Fair play to him. Um, and I think we're going to see him slotting for Bolly as well, haven't we, after the weekend? But yeah, really good. Um, when I saw him in there, I thought fair enough because he had to switch it about, didn't he, with uh, the games coming thick and fast. I thought Martino might get the rest, but he didn't. He, he just always seems to play, didn't he? But apart from the Everton game. But yeah, can't knock Sace. He's always, he's always been reliable, hasn't he? He's always there to cover. He's that utility man that's so important for us. Bayless Vallejo, I, I think I over Messenger described him as a B-Tech Miranda he's obviously got some pedigree but it just looks like he's got a mistake in him 
Yeah, I think we've got to give, give these lads a chance. They've only just turned up and got themselves into play in the Nuno way, so it's going to take a little bit of time to uh, get into it. I think there are a lot more worrying things to talk about when you look at Burnley and Everton than um, than the new lads. So if we take a look at the game overall, um, 2-1, 5-3 on aggregate, how would you put it down? It was sort of that first team that we came up against where we thought, actually, this is more of a match than, say, and no disrespect to Crusaders and Punic, but it was the first real test, wasn't it, Tom, over those two Yeah, legs? absolutely. Well, and the main test, I think, for the first game was the atmosphere and their two sets of ultras that hate each other. If you remember, I don't know if you could see from the North Bank where you see it, but they had to be separated within the North Bank because of, no, because no. of how much they hate each other. So there was one small ultras in the downstairs and one in the... Uh, upstairs so the one that were to our left in Turin and one to our, our right they can't stand each oh, other wow. so that that sort of stuff to overcome that was good we t- kind of tasted that a little bit at Punic we will definitely taste it at Bratislava and uh, Besiktas so it's, it's good that we've come through that test Harry who was a man of the match over the two legs would you say the one that sort of stood out I'm going to say he hasn't been outstanding, but I'm just going to say Jimenez or maybe Troy Ore, actually. I'll say Troy Ore because he's just been so threatening, hasn't he, down the wing. Makes a few mistakes still, especially in the away leg where he gives the ball away for one of their goals. But he's just got to cut out trying to take him on when he's deep in his own half and he's sorted Troy Ore, he's flying. But Jimenez, he just keeps scoring, doesn't he? So I'm going to give Jimenez a shout as well. Troy Ore is so good when he's on Nuno's side of the pitch. When he's on the other side, he's completely <laughs> hopeless. But when he's on that side, he's amazing. <laughs> That's a great spot, that is, to be fair. Um, Bayliss, for you, over the two legs, who do you think clinched it? Do you agree with Harry there? Yeah, pretty much. I think our European exploits so far have been very positive and very good. There's been a few odd mistakes, but we've got around the back, we've controlled games and we've created a lot of chances. Sadly, that's juxtaposed by, (laughs) unfortunately, an absolute shower of shit. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Tom for you, would you who are you going to go for uh, I think it's got to be Troy Ore as well I, I think he's probably been our player of the season so far I know it's very early days yeah. but he's been a, a totally different man to what we saw last year we take a transition then into the away game at Everton at Goodison in the Premier League it's the Thursday Sunday curse it does seem um, we got away with it I think it's fair to say against Burnley uh, with that late penalty after being I think terrible all game and then Everton didn't get off to a very good start I'll just go over the team because there were a few changes um, obviously Neves coming back in Vinagre starting at left wing back Adama on the right and uh, Bolly, Cody Bennett coming in for Vallejo and a first start in the Premier League as well Harry for Catrone which I thought did uh, a decent job yeah, I like Catrone, I really do. He, he was unlucky, he nearly scored, didn't he? A good save by Pickford. He's just, what I love most about him, which I'm sure everyone agrees, he's worked so hard. He's got a, like good movement and I just want him to get a goal now because I think if he gets one, his confidence will be high and maybe he's still not going to be a starter over Jota, but we need him, we're going to need him with the, the games coming thick and fast and I really like the way he played, he does work hard. Until Jota starts proving himself in Europe and start performing, then it's Catrone's spot, especially the way mm. he did work at Everton. Contrastingly and probably controversially, I don't think him. I know Jimenez has scored a lot of goals, but I don't think that he's been at his best either. Particularly mm. the Burnley game, I thought he was really off it, and it just sort of his attitude to me was, didn't. I mean, he's set very, very high standards for himself, and I don't think he's quite matched them yet in the Premier League this season. I think they both just need a rest, both of them, Jota and Jimenez. They're knackered. Um, can we get on to the real talking point of the Everton game? <laughs> the defence. 
<laughs> what defence? It was poor. It was a mistake from every single one of them at the back, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, I was having a chat with a, a man older and wiser than me that's probably seen more Wolves games than all of us put together. I was chatting to my dad about this. And you cannot set up with wing backs that cannot defend. <laughs> Especially away from him. Going forward, Traore is fantastic. Vinagre makes good runs. But the amount of times we're caught in possession, the amount of times they're not picking up men, the back post header of Richarlison's are all really, really just like massive red light flashing sirens going off issues. You can't do it. You can't get beaten around the back. If they can get 20, 30 crosses into the box in a game, eventually Cody, Bolly and Bennett are going to fuck one up. And that's what's happening. And unfortunately, I like I like Traore and Vinagre a lot. Both of them hugely. But their defending against Everton was a shambles. And that's what lost us the game. It wasn't going forward. Although we didn't create too much, we still scored a couple of goals. At the back, we were just nowhere near good enough. And that's why we gave away the chances. It wasn't the back three. It was the two on the wings. I don't, I don't think they're there without blame either, those three. They they were all pretty bad. Yeah, it's the it's the worst of Simboli play. I know he got sent off as well. And obviously, it, it all set the tone as soon as Cody made that mistake with the first goal, yeah. wasn't it? It was just... It just all from there. He was there. put over, just... under pressure by the wing-backs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I can't believe that Vinagre managed to stay on for the whole 90 minutes because you got Johnny, who's perfectly... Well, he's the best left or full-back at the club. And he didn't come on to replace him when Sigurdsson was just getting past him every time, yeah, whipping yeah. the ball in every single time. Sadly, I've got to say it, that your wing backs are backs. They are there to defend. What they give you going forward is the added bonus of playing with wing backs. It shouldn't be the other way around. Because the good teams, the really good teams, could have seriously taken advantage of what we did on Sunday. I suppose they, they did in a way, wasn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I was talking to the Blue Room podcast it, it, giving a sort of a way perspective for for them last week and you know Matt was talking about Wolves being one of those teams that could potentially be fighting for a top six place along with Everton but I think Everton are streets ahead aren't they? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say streets ahead. I mean, it, it. I know it's a cliche, and everyone keeps banging on about it. But it is. It has been a bit of a tough run with the Europa League games. We will get used to it. Is the squad big enough? I think yes. If uh, Nuno switches it about correctly and maybe adds in a couple of other younger lads, he might trust. I don't know. But it was just a bad. It, it was the worst of Sinus in my memory of Sinus defend as a team and, against Everton. Nuno, we had an off day. We all had an off day. Um, but the, the positives are we still scored two goals somehow I don't know how mm. but we did mm. Patricio was like an absolute cat it could have been even mm. worse so there are some positives to take out of it but we do know every time we have a game like that where pretty much no one played that well we'll come out against Chelsea and we will perform Tom just on what Harry was saying then about Nuno making the right changes at the right time do you think he has done that so far? Uh, I think Nuno struggled with his team selections and juggling the team between the Thursday and the Sunday because of really only having one day's worth of training and knowing exactly the weaknesses of the opposition and the best players to the right for, that will work for us I think he struggled picking a starting eleven. like Gibbs White for Dendonka against Burnley was the strangest and two completely mm. contrasting players in that same position did not work at all um, and I think that you've got to you've got to rotate the back three a little bit more Cody's played nearly a thousand minutes of football already and it's, and it's the 2nd of September or whatever it is 3rd of September that's crazy. He's he's got to. He, we have got the depth because Bayeho could play there. 
Dendonka could play in Cody's position. There's plenty of options to be able to shuffle it around. Johnny can even apparently play as a centre-back. So we need to see more of that in... Well, we should have seen more of that, I think, against Crusaders and uh, Punic leading up to the start of the season. As in to try and sort something, give something a go, see if it works, try other things, use it a bit like that. Does that make sense? Um, If we look at the class act that is Matinho... He was missed, wasn't he, Harry? I think that range of passing and his grit and determination, but also, you know, he is always everywhere. We did miss him, yeah, and I think he deserved a rest because I can't believe how many games he's played, but his fitness levels must be through the roof. He come on, he did all right, but I thought Sace had a really good game and I was surprised when he got took off, to be honest. I'd have took Neves off, but yeah, we do miss Martino. He's the he's probably with him and as the first name on the team sheet for me, so hopefully he's uh, fit and ready for Chelsea. How would you put down that Everton performance then, Tom? I mean, it was poor from the defence, but do you take some solace in in the goals that were scored two goals away from home? Goodison is obviously a positive thing. Yeah, I think I've mentioned it a few times that this run or this series of games has been ultimately to qualify for the Europa League and the Premier League's been on the back burner a little bit. Uh, so I think to get draws against United and Leicester I think are very good points we played terribly against uh, Burnley and managed to get a point we played awfully against Everton and somehow scored two goals and nearly got a point if we got a point from that game it would have been completely undeserved so we're in these games and we're showing signs of, of quality within those games we just need to I think have a little bit of a rest the fixtures are a bit more spread out from now until Christmas in terms of the Europa League so I'm fairly confident that we'll turn it around and we'll have a good mm. season anyway I think the nice thing I'd like to see us do now is because we haven't picked up points against places we went to and did win last season mm. it's now when we do play the likes of the Sheffield Uniteds and the Norwiches and yeah. Villas local derby so I won't use that one as an example yeah. but the, those teams that were down the bottom the Brightons the Bournemouth we do go and perform well against them and we do beat them because yeah. it'll all be forgotten if we go and get a draw against Chelsea and then go somewhere like I don't know what's the first the Palace and we yeah, yeah. I mean, if we go if we go and pick up a win out of one of those two then it's all forgotten and it doesn't matter it's if we go on a, it's if now Chelsea beat us which arguably they can mm. and then we go and lose at Palace that's when it starts to get a bit, little bit more nervy because yeah. mm. it's those games last season that I know we obviously beat Palace away but losing to them at home at turn of the year which that was actually the first time well the last time that we lost a, a home game was against Crystal Palace and it was that was a dour game wasn't it Harry I remember oh, that God, back, yeah. in, back in January um, but I suppose it's going to be interesting like you say to see what happens once they've got the right amount of rest going into those games against the so-called lesser side um, having hopefully learned something from last season but obviously we want to end with Everton on a positive spin I mean was there a player Harry that stuck out for you that didn't let themselves down completely oh Patricio with his absolute worldy saves in the second half yeah maybe could throw over his work rate apart from that a Sace I mentioned Sace I thought he had a, another decent game that's about it no one was like amazing apart from Patricio really I was just thinking of saying nobody because I think it was that bad and going through all the players but but <laughs> I suppose Patricio although but he cost us one of the goals and ultimately we, ultimately we lost by one goal so you could say that he lost us I the thought game. that was Cody's fault though, yeah well I, I do as well but I think if he'd be if he'd be a more commanding goalkeeper if he was Matt Murray in yeah. goal it doesn't happen does he True. I think he's kicking yeah, in uh, yeah. yeah the way he commands his box I, th- I can't remember since Matt Murray there being one that's been better than Matt Murray if that makes sense no, no. Uh, Bayliss how about you just finish us off yeah I'll split the pitch in half you know when if you play team sports you, you normally get like a man of the match and then a dick of the day I'm going <laughs> to yeah. cut the pitch bang in half at the halfway line 
In the attacking half, it's Traore as man of the match. And in the defensive half, it's Traore as dick of the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good shout. Yeah, can't argue with that. That's fair enough. Um, right, okay. Well, oh, Just a quick on. one, Sam, before you move on. I know we're probably going, if we do a podcast next week, we're going to this a bit more. But who would you put in for Bolly against Chelsea? Would it be Sace? Would you just slot Sace right into the left side of the defence I mean if he's been warmed up for it and he hasn't got a Thursday Sunday mm. to deal with it's yeah. got to be Vallejo hasn't it I think um, uh, I, I think I prefer Sage just because he's left footed but he performed well when he's played at the back recently well last year as well Bolly's right footed though anyway isn't he so it's yeah I suppose that, but Bolly's a genius and he, well he weren't against Everton but <laughs> Bolly's another level but, you know I don't know it'd be interesting to see what he does with that it's a difficult one isn't it because it's going to be Kilburn. it's going to be yeah. him <laughs> oh just imagine oh god well, I don't know Tom who would you put in there I mean it is between one of two isn't it really I mean there's no one else that's going to potentially come in there because no one else has really played there this season I'd put yeah. uh, Vallejo or Vallejo, whatever, whatever we're calling him. Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Jesus. Um, he's playing for Real Madrid. He must have the qualities to be able to slot in there. Bayless, for you, I guess you go with you go with Sace? Oh, yeah, I'd go with Sace just because I know that he's, I was going to say a safe pair of hands, but safe pair of feet. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you know what you're getting with him. Yeah. I just, I don't care what we get as long as we see some proper positive football and no silly mistakes. If we draw nil nil one all two two with Chelsea, I won't be displeased. It's just the you know watching us play proper football again and this sort of defensive negative, not picking up second balls, not controlling periods of the game that we've seen so far. Yeah, I think I can't argue with that. But if we look at the Europa League draw, which is obviously uh, last Friday, and notably everyone is obviously more interested in Group K than any other group, which is, of course, Besiktas, Braga, uh, Slovan, Bratislava, and, of course, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Harry, it's still pinch-yourself moments when you see a Europa League draw and Ashley Cole holds up <laughs> Wolverhampton Wanderers. I think it's the only one he could actually <laughs> yeah. pronounce as well, wasn't it? I just about to say that, yeah. No, it is, and I think we've... You know, it could have been a it could have been a much tougher draw, couldn't it? Let's be honest. I'm kind of happy with it. I can see us uh, getting out of that group. Um, I haven't heard of that team with the big mountain. Is it Slovak? No, that's, Braga, name, Braga. that's on the mountain. Oh, is that Prague with the big mountain? But uh, the Slovak one, I'd never heard of. But the other two, Besiktas are decent, aren't they? They're a, a kind of a good team. Yeah. But on our day, I think we could beat any of them. One thing I would say about the games is they're very difficult for the fans because Braga's going to sell quickly, mm. but it's expensive flights. Besiktas there's a very high chance of being stabbed because Turkish and then and then the oh, game in Bratislava's 99% going to be behind closed well I'm not sure about that because they they said there was definitely two games and they're trying to appeal it and they're fairly confident they'll get it down to one and I don't but would that be no us? I don't think we're, the, we're not there one? first we're not their first home game I don't think we've got Besiktas uh, we're Besiktas away is our first away game which must mean that they are Oh, that'd be good fingers crossed apparently is brilliant well I yeah, have been crossed, there as a, so a three year old so, but I can't give you any details about it how are the pints <laughs> 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 milky one pint of milk please <laughs> <Milky>. <laughs> oh. I I think you're right, Harry. I think it's a, a, a great draw, I think, for everyone involved. I, I think looking through, there isn't really a group of death, is there? I mean, I think from a personal level looking at it, I think Group F, which is Arsenal's group, is probably the most difficult one just because of Frankfurt, Liège, but I mean, Victoria, nothing special, but obviously Arsenal in there as well. Um, but yeah, I, maybe Group G, Porto, Young Boys, Feyenoord and Rangers. Would that be the most group of death that you probably get I think we've avoided the major journeys I think Man United have got the worst they've got to go to Kazakhstan at one point and uh, Belgrade I think ours are fairly 
I think Istanbul's probably the furthest, but the rest are fairly okay, not too far to travel. And obviously we're all having a nightmare about which one we're going to go to. Obviously we were all thinking, oh, Bratislava, it's going to be a quid a pint, and that's the behind closed doors one as it stands. And which one are you going to go to, Tom, if any? Uh, unfortunately, unless my head teacher will offer me three days <laughs> off, I can't go to any of the group stage games. Yeah. Dan, which is the one that you, you're looking at? I mean, we're sort of all looking at, at Turkey at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, we've looked at it. It just works out a bit more cost effective. And obviously, Istanbul's quite a cool place to go to, mm. but you might get stabbed. Um, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm holding out now for Bratislava because it's cheap yeah. flights, it's cheap pints. And if it did, if it did spring that they're like, they drop it to one and Wolves are in... Yeah. There is going to be one hell of a rush for flights. <laughs> yeah, if everyone's going to book flights and, and have done to Porto or wherever in Portugal and, and getting public transport in, if everyone's sort of sold on the idea of doing that and then all of a sudden Bratislava becomes available, mm. I suppose it, it's it's all about timing with these things, isn't it? Like with anything, you know, I suppose the, the how quickly and thick and fast those games come and you don't know who you're going to It's like a gamble holding off, yeah. isn't it? It's like a gamble yeah. waiting. Well, I was... I was worried us lads, some of us won't get tickets for Turin, mm, but because of the cost of yeah. things like that, I think you might be more surprised, you know what I mean? I think um, a lot of fans with just enough, you know, just season tickets might get a chance. Mem- I mean, some members, members got yeah, tickets yeah, for Turin. It's, yeah. it's a five, six hundred quid two day out, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't it? It's hard to get time off work. Yeah. If you're going to Bratislava, don't fly to Bratislava, go to either Vienna or Hungary yeah. or Budapest, somewhere like that, because it's very, very close around there and you can get trains mm. and coaches very, very easily around there. Uh, well, Vienna and Bratislava are literally like yeah, next, 20 yeah, miles from yeah, each other, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one I'm hoping for now. I hope that ban don't happen because I can't do Pasiktas now because of work and nor Braga, so I'm praying that they don't mm. have us banned behind closed doors for that one. That's the thing, isn't it? Um, but we shall wait and see on that one. But in the meantime, it is the international break and lots of people going away on first-team duties for their countries, which is great. And it makes a change from it, no offence, Tom, from being Wales or, or Irish players that are, that are going away. And, you know, these are these are teams like, you know, Mexico and Belgium and stuff. So just go through them. It's Raul Jimenez, Dendonca, Neves, Matinho, Patricio, Jota, Sace. And then in under 21 action, you've got Gibbs White, Nato and Vinagre too. It was just that we needed a little bit of a break, but it seems that the core of the squad... I mean, all our English players are fine. <laughs> they'll, get, they'll get a break. They almost were asked to prove that on Sunday, and then they did, didn't they? They proved how bad they were and why they shouldn't be in the England squad. Yeah, well, I think lots of people were saying, I can't believe Tyro Minks has got into uh, the England squad, and then Cody goes and does the back pass from hell. <laughs> and uh, we can see why he's potentially not in the England squad. Um but a welcome break like you said there Tom you know um, Connor Cody was it a thousand minutes mm. of first team football so far this season so I guess it is a welcome break for him and obviously Bolly will get even more of an extended break because he hasn't been picked for his country and he's also obviously got sent off in the game against Everton as well so what do we think of the international break I mean I'm just glad it's not a friendly because there were days where mm. You know, you'd be having friendly games, you'd be travelling thousands of miles, and it was completely pointless. So, I suppose at least they're playing competitive football, Harry. Yeah, they are. I, I really don't like this international break because the season just starts going. I suppose it's good for us this year, but it's just too soon into the season, I think. But yeah, all the lads are going. Hopefully, uh, well, for Portugal, it, it, will Jota be a starter? Probably yeah. won't, will he? Hopefully, he gets a bit of rest. He just sits on the bench, hopefully, for 90 minutes. But obviously, some of the other lads will play. At least, um, Catrone didn't get picked, did he, for Italy? I think he's only got one cap for them, hasn't he? Is he in there under 21s, though? Yeah. 
Uh, I didn't see if he was. He's not on the list. No, no. Um, but at least he's not there. But yeah, the Portugal lads. Obviously, we always have to worry about Raúl. He travels to Timbuktu and back then when he goes with Mexico. So yeah, uh, just hopefully no injuries. They don't. Hopefully, they don't play the full ninety grueling minutes in the games, and hopefully, they come back fresh and as fresh as they can be, really, because they're our stars, aren't they? Them Portugal lads. Because a lot of people, Bale is saying that actually, at this stage of the season, extra games in the Europa League and competitive games earlier on the season should mean something more to you. It's usually further on down the line, towards the end of the season, when you're sort of hitting that burnout. Are you worried? No. Again, they have been thick and fast, and we we didn't start particularly well last year, anyway. It took us a while to get going. West Ham so, when we got going, weren't it? The one yeah. away. And it yeah, could, you, know, yeah. you watch us go and beat Chelsea 1-0 and it, it sort of rejuvenates everything. But yeah, I think we've just looked a bit lacklustre in the league and that it, that is worrying. Perfect, OK. Um, we're going to move on now to some betting odds and ticket news. Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Yeah, so the ticket news, home games. Chelsea is sold out already. Watford, there's limited left and it's on members at the moment. It goes on general sale the 12th of September. I doubt it'll make that. Ranges from 25 to £40 for adults when it gets a general sale or if it gets there. Reading is uh, in the League Cup is £15 for adults £10 for over 65s or under 21s fiver for under 17s which I think is pretty good that yeah. goes on sale to members on the 7th of September and general sale Wednesday the 11th season ticket holders I'm sure it'll pop up in your little box which it does on the website doesn't it to reserve your seat uh, in the Europa League which we were on about just they've confirmed that it's £60 for all home games for season ticket holders which I think is brilliant really good really good yeah I thought they might put the prices up a bit for that so fair play to Wolves for that one and the only away game to report on is Crystal Palace there are still some tickets left for Palace it's currently on 1,200 points for season ticket holders it goes down day by day so today's the 3rd of September which is on 1,200 it keeps going down I don't think they will last much longer so that's pretty much it for the ticket news so if you don't get there in there quickly for Palace, obviously you'll be staring at either the underneath of a roof or a pole. <laughs> and uh, Bayliss, how's your betting odds? Yeah, obviously there's no game this week, so the betting odds are a little bit different. But I've been looking around at the Europa League stuff. Wolves are bang on favourites to uh, win their group. 11-8. to 8. I love this. That's best odds as well. Besiktas 3-1, to 1, Braga 15-4, to 4, Slovan, Bratislava 20-1. to 1. They're obviously the rank outsider, but Besiktas are a good team. I thought that Besiktas at three to one, that's almost worth a. Punt. I don't think they're as good as they have been. They've, they haven't got Taliska or Pepe anymore, have they? And I, I can't name any Besiktas players at all. No, so it's a difficult place to go. I, I, I can't yeah. believe that we are as firm favourites as we are. Perfect. Um, now it, this one, obviously, because it's a, a bit of a shorter podcast, I guess this week. Although it's not looking like it so far. Um, I saw quite an interesting thread on Twitter, which I think you might all be able to join in with. Now, I don't know if any of you have have seen this, and you can sort of introduce Wolves players into this, because I think there are a couple that might fall into this category. But it's a thread of players that have played for confusing clubs. Has anyone seen that on Twitter? No, no. no. So um, some guy has started off. He said, oh, I'll start off with Ian Wright turning out of a Burnley. So I think... Did he? I know, putting it on, on the spot a little bit of players who have sort of turned out for 
clubs that you wouldn't expect him to. I mean, the second one down, Edgar Davids at Barnet is another one. But Harry, yeah, you can kick us off. Steve Bull at Hereford? Yeah, that's where I was going. <laughs> that's yeah. a good shout. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. Um, Mustafi at Everton, picture of him there. Didn't even know he played for them. Um, Carius at Manchester City as well. Uh, very young uh, Carius. Uh, Tom, can you think of any off the top of your head? Like, put you on the spot? Um, I was trying to think of Wolves ones. I remember seeing Gazza. Oh, Gazza. Gazza. Oh, Harry. Yes. Oh, my God. Gazza, yes. <laughs> Great boys. Gazza jingle yeah, yeah. out. <laughs> Um, I can't think. I can't think of That's the main one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, a few more. There's John Terry in a Nottingham Forest shirt. No, oh, oh, no oh, oh, uh, Frank Frank Lampard at Swansea City. Wow, really? That's a good shout. That's a great one. I didn't know that. Beckham played for Preston, obviously. Preston, yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert Perez turned out for Aston Villa didn't he and that was a yeah. strange move I think he was about 36 37 years old this ain't that mad but I always found it crazy when Peter Schmoker went to Man City back in the day I know he played there for quite a bit but Man U legend yeah and, and did you Cole. see when they played each other and him and Neville in the tunnel and Neville <laughs> wouldn't even look yeah. at him yeah. that, was quite, that was quite funny uh, Joe Cole at Coventry what was as well. That? Uh, oh, I've seen Lee Trundle, who used to play for Swansea, play for Neath. Oh my god! Oh, okay, what in France? No, no, Neath, not Neath. No, Neath in Neath. South oh, Wales. Neath. Oh, actual <laughs> Neath. <laughs> um, I don't want to be. Strange. I've got one actually, but he's an absolute knobhead. Uh, Roger Johnson last year was playing for Bromley Town. Yeah. <laughs> Bromley and O'Hara was at uh, Basing. Was it Basingstoke? He was at or somewhere there. I think he was, yeah. He's somewhere in... Uh, I think George Ellicobi's now at Maidstone. Mm. <laughs> Dean Sturridge at Kitty yeah. Arias. <laughs> oh, I've, yes. I've got, I've got yeah. a, another one. Uh, Andy Gorham at Manchester United. Look it up. It's oh amazing. He played one game, substitute appearance. In t- <laughs> they were trying to replace Schmeichel and they chose Andy Gorham. <laughs> it's a bit like our old keeper at Liverpool now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Andy Lonergan, yeah. yeah. God. turning out. Jesus. Yeah, you know, things are bad. But... Apparently, there's a picture here of Abamyang at Heaton Stannington, which that is just very, very strange, strange stuff. Um, Mark Noble turning out for Hull. Jordan Pickford at Preston. Uh, Samueletto at Everton. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Forgets forgets that one. Jamie Um, Vardy at Sheffield Steelers, whatever they were called. (laughs) (laughs) The old old non-league team. (laughs) Forgot their name, something like that. And, uh, of course, David James for Bristol City, sort of one year after playing in the 2010 World Cup for England. Uh, Sol Campbell at Notts County. Oh, my God. That's a good shout as well. Paul Ince at Middlesbrough. That was weird Mm. before he came to us. On on the whole Sol Campbell thing, Newcastle as well completely forgot he, I think he turned he? out once oh uh, yeah for, for Newcastle did he I had to check some of these and sort of go is, is that right and it does seem to actually be right basically but, what um, we've found out here is that we could name players that were at strange teams yeah. quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's true mostly because they played for, for us, us in a, a lot of these cases uh, Jesse Lingard at Derby anyone remember that I remember him at Blues Someone put a picture of um, Nicholas Bentner at Juventus and then someone piped up and that, I, I don't know if it's true or any way of checking it, but apparently they sold no shirts <laughs> with his name on the back. That's, that's what it said. I think we've so, had a few uh, players I like that. I don't know if believe that or not. It, yeah, yeah, it, it would seem to fit the mould. You mean you didn't get Thomas um, Frankowski on the back of your shirt? I couldn't afford it. I know somebody it. who had Finkler 39 on the back of their shirt in 2006. Cause, you remember it? Do you remember <laughs> Finkler? Is that the one of the Brazilians? Yeah, he was on that, trial. Yeah, it was like the set set piece. Yeah, we never signed him, but he was on trial. My mate had a had Finkler on the back of his shirt. <laughs> Do you think ever, wow. anyone ever got Silas on the back of their shirt? Oh, he was class. Maybe. Uh, it's cheap as well, isn't it? Compared to Frank Askey. I had Flo. I had Flo. It was yeah, the cheapest. I had Ray. 
I feel sorry. I feel sorry for the people who had Bonatini. Uh, oh God, yeah. For any club, regardless. <laughs> um, right, Kate. Well, we will leave that there, unless anyone has any uh, burning desires they need to get off their chest. Oh, can I just mention that because um, you weren't here earlier on when I mentioned it, Sam? That Jack Leach, the England Test player, do you know what his squad number is for England? Oh, ninety-two. No, ninety-two. No, it's it, it's no, seventy-seven. Oh, oh there you go. The hero that is. We should get sponsored by Specsavers <laughs> as well. That's for sure. Right, okay. Well, uh, hopefully we're going to link up with Jack for a game of Level Up. But otherwise, in the meantime, we'll say goodbye to Tom. Goodbye. Goodbye to Harry. Goodbye. And goodbye to Bayless. Goodbye, Wolves fans. Good game, good game. Oh, I don't need to do that. <laughs> That's staying in. Hi, this is Jazza. Welcome to the 77 fucking High Street Club. Is that the it? wonders of technology. Jack joins the podcast now. Uh, been out and about in Wolverhampton, I understand, tonight, Jack. Yeah, hi there. Sorry, I'm a late. So did I miss all the fun? <laughs> you missed the party. Uh, but you did kind of guess what we were talking about. I think you said uh, Bolly was terrible, everyone was terrible going down. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty much it. So um, obviously you're familiar with Level Up, which go over the very very quickly um, if you answer a question you can either go up or down level if you pass you stay where you are but obviously you don't go up or down that's essentially so I could, it I could so. just pass everyone and just not not go anywhere yeah you could go absolutely nowhere and, and what's and just who's be, winning at the moment with what score well Harry and Bayliss are tied on four points so far okay. so um, that's what you've got to beat so far there's going to be a Wolves question every other question so you'll have five Wolves questions and the other a general sport so it could be absolutely anything. So How 10 exciting. questions. Are you ready to play Level Up? I'm so ready. Which club did Wolves sign Christoph Berra from? Oh, God. Was it Hearts? Was Hearts. Up he goes to level one. This is a tough one. Arsenal striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang represents which country at international level? Is, of course, the international break. Um, Bamiyang, Bamiyang, Bamiyang. I don't know. Togo? Oh, moves back down to level what? zero. It's oh, yeah. Gabon. Yeah, should have. Yeah, yeah. There's a way of playing that down to level yeah. zero. Uh, who's had a plaque unveiled at their childhood home this week? Former Wolves player. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I. Uh, there's, I'm going to think out loud here. The go-to option would be Steve Ball, but I know it was Billy Wright's birthday today or yesterday. And I'm on zero anyway, so I'm going to go with Billy Wright. Up he goes, back to level yeah. one. Nicely <laughs> done. Very good. Uh, Joffre Archer is back in action for England this week, but which county championship side does he oh, play for? God, that's a baneless question, isn't it? Um... <laughs> Which county side does Joffrey Archer play for? Um, sorry. Oh, well, no, actually, I don't know. I don't know. So I oh, he's got down to level <laughs> zero. <laughs> answer the question, Jack. <laughs> Not learning his lessons. Back down to zero. Uh, it was Sussex. Uh, Sussex is uh, Joffrey Archer's county championship side. Next question. Still on zero, Jack. So the only way is up. Yeah, Who was Wolves' top scorer in the 2008-2009 season? 2008-2009, Yubi went up, so it's got to be Sylvan Ebanks-Blake. Up he goes again to level one. It's like Groundhog Day. Which <laughs> Can't wait woman to guess this one. <laughs> won the Wimbledon singles title in 2000? 
in 2000. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. I mean... I, I don't know, so I think I'm going to pass, but I'd say it's probably either going to be... Was that the year Sharapova won it, or was that the year Williams won it? But either way, I'm gonna, I don't know, I'm going to stick. Pass. It's Venus Williams, so okay. uh, yeah, you were 50-50 on that one. Still on level one. Who was Wolves manager before Dave Jones? I'm on one, aren't I? I can't stick on this, so it's a Wolves question, I need to guess, but it was it Colin Lee. <laughs> It is Colin Lee. Up he goes to level two. <laughs> Nicely done. Didn't think you were going to get it then. Where did Lewis Hamilton finish at last weekend's Belgian Grand Prix? Oh, he was on the podium, but he didn't win. So he was either second or third. I think he was second. Oh, up to level three. Jack, this is getting a bit tasty. How many goals have Wolves scored in the Europa League so far this season? Oh, my God. How many what was the score against Crusaders? I think we got, I think it was six or seven. So we got four and four, which is eight. Three and two, which will put us on 13. And I think 13 plus six would be 19, which would put us on that. I'm going to go, I'm going to play. I'm going to go 19. Up he goes to level four. <laughs> this is interesting now. He is tied at the top of the leaderboard with the rest of the 77 club. That's Harry and Bayliss. And you've got one question to go, but it isn't a Wolves question. So let's see how Jack gets on to take the lead with five. Former England rugby player James yeah. Haskell is taking up a new sport. What is it? I'd love to have a guess, but I've got no idea. So I'm going to have to pass and stick and realise if I played this game better, I'd be winning now. Uh, I'll pass. <laughs> Everyone always says that he's passing. <laughs> the answer is MMA. He's going into the octagon. So there you go. Uh, Jack, you're tied with Harry and Bayliss on four. Are you pleased with that? Are you a little bit disappointed? I'll be honest, I'm disappointed because I, I just, again forgot the rules of the game and should, yes. have, should be on six, really. But um, <laughs> hey-ho, we live and learn. Hey, hey, top of the leaderboard. Can't be too bad. Well, Jack, thank you for playing Level Up. Thank you, Sam.